Be inspired by this story of a voice actor who went from food stamps to six figures. You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a VOpreneur. Welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. If you're going to grow a voiceover business in today's climate, you have to know how to market. You can use agents and online casting, but most voice actors can't rely on those things exclusively, and that's why we need to know how to market. Vopreneur.com is where you go to learn how to be a better marketer. There are free resources, including this podcast and Free Advice Friday, as well as premium resources, including my masterclasses and coaching offerings. Everything you need, your guide through the business of voiceover at Vopreneur.com. That's Vopreneur.com. The Vopreneur Podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck. Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Meyers. Not as smart as Colbert. But he's one of us, and that counts for something. Here's Mark Scott, the original everyday VOpreneur. In the voiceover game, it's really easy to fall into the comparison trap. This person has a better studio. That person has a, a bigger agent. That actor lives in LA, and that gives them an advantage. And it can be really easy to doubt our own ability to succeed because we start to think that we don't have all the same options as everybody else does. My guest today, I think, is about to blow up all of those theories and myths because his story is proof that if you work hard without excuses, you can build a successful business no matter where you're starting from. Welcome to the show, Chris McCann. Hello. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, what's up, man? <laughs> I am really looking forward to, to having you on, and I am really looking forward to, to unpacking your story. And I got to tell you, it started with a YouTube video. So you posted a YouTube video. I guess it's been a few years ago now. Yeah. But the title of that video was Chris McCann, voice actor from food stamps to six figures. Now, I am not great at the YouTube game, but I know yeah. that titles and thumbnails are what make people stop and watch videos. And that title made me stop and watch the video. And more than once, actually, as I watched the video. And I'm sure that for a lot of voice actors, that's the same thing. It, it made them stop and watch the video. So I want to go back. Let's start at the beginning. You were in Alabama, correct? Yeah. You, yep. you got a wife. Any kids at that yep. point? Three uh, three kids still at that point. Okay, yeah. at that point. Okay, so, you, so it's what, 2017, 2018, somewhere around there? Uh, probably I made the video was around then, but when I started voiceover, it was, uh, 2016. Okay. And, um, yeah, man, I basically, I was working at a bank. I'd got this cool corner office and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is what I want to do. I'm making like 40,000 a year. I'm like, yes, this is awesome. Plus bonuses, you know, like, dude, this is it. Yep. I'm good. I'm set, you know, respected, et cetera. Knew a lot of people in the community. And then just like a freak kind of situation caused me and the bank to kind of mutually part ways. Okay. And, um, and so, but before that I had a cell phone and I had my bank jacket and what I would do is like in the car, I would just like record me doing stuff. And then, uh, I would just do it on the way to work and back, you know, to and fro. And then I would like go out on breaks and like take my jacket off my suit coat off and like put it over my head. So it was a little quieter get in the car and then I'd record like a commercial. And then there was this little thing. I don't know if it's still on here, but it's called EDJing. It was basically where you could edit it like commercial ad music and stuff. Okay, yeah. And so I'd get on there and like edit and try to make like a little mini commercial. Well, I would let my clients here, and this is obviously before we let, I left, I'd let 
um, not client, I'd let my bank clients hear it. Okay. And, you know, because they're sharing financial information. So everything's kind of personal. We have an intimate relationship, you know. And so I'm like, oh, you know, they're like, oh, my hobbies are this and that and rock collecting. I'm like, oh, I just love doing this little voiceover thing. And I was like, oh, check out my commercial. And they would listen to it. And I had one particular client that was like, dude, I'm doing um, a stage play or something. She said, I'm doing some kind of stage play and I'd love for you to be the announcer. And I was like, what? Like, that'd be amazing. Nice. So that was one. Then I had another client that was like, uh, she was like, well, I've got two daycares. And I was like, and I was like, I'd love to do the voiceover, the voicemail for your, your voicemail okay. for you. Yep. You know, welcome to, I think they're, uh, I can't remember, it's not La Petite, but anyway, uh, welcome to XYZ Child's Daycare, blah, yep. blah, blah. She'd be so mad if she knew I didn't remember that. <laughs> but anyway, and I did them for her for free. And at the end of it, she tipped me a hundred dollars. Nice. And I was just like, what? Now, mind you, you know, I'm working, making 40,000. This lady tips me for something I already do for free. Yep. And then, um, last but not least, some guys right before I left, I'd let them hear it. And they were like working at a radio station. I'm like, dude, like, this is amazing. You did this on your cell phone? Like, yeah. And they're like, dude, you want to come work for us? And and I was like, yeah, oh my gosh. But um, I, I didn't want to work for them at the time, but it ended up being kind of serendipitous because once I left, I immediately went to the radio station. But from there, you know, I took smaller clients like local people making $25 or whatever in my local area. Yep. And from there, I took those smaller clients and local little clients. And I was able to get on Fiverr at that time when I was starting. I know Fiverr's a bad word in the community, but- uh, Lots but of people started me, there. I, right? A lot of people started there. And yep. for me, I'm people know me that have heard me talk. I'm very much um, do what, what works for you. Mm-hmm. A lot of people want to say this and say that. And yep. don't get me wrong. I hear them and I want to hear them because I want to hear their advice. But at the end of the day, I've got to pay my bills. When so you got a family to feed, you said you got four, four kids? Three, three kids. kids. Three so kids. Three kids, three dogs. Yeah. yeah. Or two dogs and a cat. Yeah. So, yep. you know, and my wife, so she doesn't work anymore. So um, long story short, yeah, I've got to do what works best for me. But anyway, so I went from Local to Fiverr, from Fiverr to Voices.com, Voices.com to Voice123, Voice123 to Bulldoggo, and then from there to agents and things like that. So, and then other different places. So, so that's kind of, where did the voiceover start? That I mean, I know you said you were recording stuff on your phone while you were working at the bank. What was it that made you think, I want to do this voiceover thing? Or I should, you know, like what, what got you started playing around with that? Because it sounds like you went to radio after the banks. Usually people, you know, we start in radio and that's where the voiceover thing comes from. But what was it? Was it, you know, somebody told you you got a great voice? Is it something that you just thought about? Like what made you start doing it in the first place? No, I remember hearing like, I guess hearing video games and different people, you know, and, okay. and so just on my way to work, you know, I've got the little recorder app on my phone and, and I'm just like, you know, just like doing different voices in my phone on my way to work. And I just liked the way it sounded. And I kept doing it. I was like, ooh, that'd be cool if I could make a commercial, you know? And so I'm like, ooh, is there a way to do a commercial on this thing? And, you know, I play around with it. And then I've got clients and we're talking about things we like to do. And I'm like, oh, I just made this commercial. Listen. And that's how it is. It, I guess it really wasn't, I guess there was really wasn't a particular catalyst and money wasn't even a, money wasn't even a thing at the time. Yep. It was just like, Working this is a fun thing yep. to do. So you know? in a good story, 
there's the inciting incident, right? It's it's the moment in the story that compels the character into action. So if you think about Jurassic Park, it's when the, the power goes down and the fences go offline and all of a sudden they got to, you know, save their lives or yeah. Marty, <laughs> Marty McFly gets into the time machine and, um, machine and suddenly lands in, in 1955. So what was the inciting incident? It sounds like things came apart at the bank, but what was the inciting incident that compelled you to say enough is enough? I'm going to figure out how to turn this voiceover thing into a full-time thing. I'm going to figure out a way to, to make a business out of this. That's a good question, man, because I don't think I've ever had anybody ask me that, actually. Um, the actual catalyst for it was I was at the radio station, but I was making no money. And when I say no money, I don't mean every, everybody, you know. Everybody in radio, radio can relate to that in some form or fashion. Yeah, yeah. radio guys typically are yeah. like, oh, yeah, man, like, I get you. And I'm like, no, no, no. I, I will say I was making zero dollars, like zero dollars. This was like, hope and a prayer. Yep. This should hopefully work out in the future. Right. We're going to be big. We're going to be awesome. And, um, and it never, I've never made one single solitary dollar from doing it. And so the, the kind of, um, springboard was like, I could sit here and do this for these two guys, mm -hmm. or I could invest this time in me. Right. I'm getting up at five or six in the morning. And I'm investing all this time in, into these guys. I could get up at five or six in the morning and invest this time for me. So that's, that was the, to put a sharp point in the answer, that's what it was, was that. I, uh, I still remember sitting down with a high school guidance counselor when I was in grade eight, getting ready to go into high school. And they say, you know, what do you want to, what do you want to do when you graduate? And I said, I wanted to be in radio. And mm. so they sit, you know, they open up their book and they say, okay, well, if you want to go to, if you want to be in radio, this is the degree you need in college. And if you want to get this degree in college, you need to take these classes in high school. And they map the whole thing out for me, but they never told me about the salary expectations. And so I, I'll, I still remember it was 1996. I got my first full-time job offer from a radio station for $16,000 a year. And I don't think I've ever been more devastated in my entire life because <laughs> I just assumed that I was going to graduate from high school, get in radio be rich and famous. <laughs> oh my gosh. And you still might've had the fame though, because there's still this weird, uh, you know, perception that people are like banking yeah. in radio. Yep. You know, people hear your voice and oh my gosh, this guy's making a ton of money. And for however many months I was there, six months, four months, I don't remember five months. I made zero dollars. The last station oh. that I worked for, I felt like I worked for pizza because the advertising, <laughs> we sold commercials on the radio station, but most of the time they never paid actual cash. It was always barter dollars. And so then it was like, oh, well, what do we do with our barter dollars? Well, we converted our barter dollars to pizza. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, yeah. so you could eat. But yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel like for me, it's, it's a, a lot of people just kind of have this thought, like when you say radio, that you're going to be making money yep. and, and you're don't, and you're not. And so I had to figure out a way, but the weird part was. When I got, I started, when I did have that thought and it was like, okay, it's time to do this. It was a very weird kind of attack mode that my body almost went into. It was like, it was being compelled to do it. Like I was right. like, I've got to do this. Like, yep. I really feel like I can do this. And this is what I'm supposed to do. And my wife was like, well, Chris, you ought to get like a, like a part-time job or something. I was like, honey, I really feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, uh, I began like writing on the mirrors, like looking crazy. Like, you know, I will not stop till I succeed. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm like literally writing this. We share a mirror. So she's seeing all this. It's not like it's, it's not like it's in a booth or something. Like she's probably like, okay, he's crazy. But I was just like, I've got to do it. I have to do it. I'm yep. listening to these motivational tapes and, and motivational YouTube videos and things like that. And, 
you know, and, and, you know, the first year I think was 13,000. And then the next year I think was 37,000. And then the year after that, I think, I think my first, I think my first $20,000 a month, I think was in 2018, which was crazy to me, just crazy. Cause I remember speaking to J. Michael Collins and he was just like, man, you'll, you'll end up getting a, you know, you'll get a $20,000 a month or something like that. And just don't go blow, you know, don't go buy a car, yeah, you know, right. you, cause <laughs> your, your next month might be a, you know, a low month. Yep. And, and I, I still have the video of him and I talking about that exactly. And I remember thinking to myself, there's no way, like there just isn't yeah. a way like that, that happens to other people. That's somebody else. And Les Brown said this, which was one of my favorite quotes of all time. He said, and I, I haven't made a million dollars, but this is, you'll understand what I'm saying when I say the quote. He said, making the easiest thing I ever did was make a million dollars. The hardest thing was to believe it could happen to me. 100%. That, 100%. Dude, yeah. Right. It, I I mean, I, I've been talking about this for a decade. I, I talk about, it's if you know if you know what you're doing in the booth, you've got, if you've got all the performance chops, awesome. You got the fanciest equipment in your booth. Awesome. If you're the greatest marketer in the booth, awesome. But if your head game is not dialed in along with all of those things, you just, you will not get to whatever your ultimate potential is. This, so much of this, like I'm listening to you talk about uh, affirmations on the bathroom mirror. And there's a part of me that's laughing on the inside because once upon a time, I would have told you that that new age voodoo was nonsense. <laughs> but now when I actually started doing some of those things in my own life and see that they actually do work, that's what makes me smile because I'm like, you know what? You're exactly right. People are going to hear that and think you're crazy. Your wife right? probably at the time saw it, thought you were yeah. crazy, but now she probably looks at you and she's like, wow, like that, like yeah. he knows oh, what yeah. he's doing. Like that really works. Right. And, Absolutely. and, and that's because so much of this is absolutely the mental game. So I'm curious then you've, you've made that jump. You, you, you decided that radio wasn't the thing. You've got this feeling inside of you. You're compelled to do voiceover. Talk a little bit about the beginning. I know you said you did some stuff on Fiverr and then you went to voices.com. Like you worked through some of that stuff. So some of your early steps, was it, was it finding a coach? Was it just focusing on casting sites? Did you take acting classes? Like what do some of those things look like that helped start you on your upward trajectory? Or was it just audition my face off and, you know, try to book everything I can book? It's funny because yeah, that, that second one actually hit home more than than normal. But I mean, there are more things that obviously that, that work into it. So initially it was wake up early and just literally audition my face off like man, woman, child, baby, adult, older, younger. It didn't matter. I was like, I don't care. I'm doing them all. And then it ended up going to where I remember my mom in the bank, when I was working the bank, she'd given me this bracelet and it said, pray first. Right. And so I ended up, you know, at first I would just get up and just like hammer my workout, hammer my workout, hammer my workout. And I remember this is so weird. This seems so small for everyone else, but this is so weird because and it seems so silly and trivial to everyone else. But for me, this was so big because I was working on my website one day, just trying to work on this website and I worked on it. It could not have been less than like, I don't know, 12, 16 hours. I don't know. I kept working on it. And there's this one thing I could not figure out. I could not figure out how to get it done. 
And I was just like, dear God in heaven, please, I don't know what to do. Like, I cannot figure out how to get this done. I know this is small to you, but even like if my kid comes to me with their toy, they come to me and it's broken. I don't care about the toy, but I care about my child. Yeah. And because I care about my child, I'll help fix their toy. Out, yeah. And so long story short, I, it was the same thing. And I was like, please, I got to figure this out on my website. And it could not have been 60 seconds. And boop, that thing that I had worked on for 12 to 16 hours was done. All of a sudden it and seems so like, obvious, right? I was like, right. I was like, there's no yeah. way. There is no way. And so long story short, I began praying and have been for the past, I don't know, maybe five years. Every morning, that's the first thing I do almost before I even use the bathroom. Before I do my auditions, like I used to, before I do all that stuff, I get up, I pray first, I read my Bible, and then I start my day. I usually go to the gym now. I didn't go to the gym back then. I'll have to show you a fat pic, by the way. Uh, I used to go to the gym. I still got a lot. It's, it's hidden down here. I have the camera strategically. That's right. Straight. It's all about angles. Why do you think yes, I'm like from here up? Yeah. Right. You can't see the dad bod yeah. below here. But uh, but all that to say, yeah, man, um, I still got more to work out. But anyway, I kind of had this kind of routine, yep. you know, after I did that, then I would I pray, read my Bible, go to the gym and then come home, audition. And um, yeah, I try to do 21. I found out whatever my average was. So I found out my average was like 21 auditions to book. Okay. So I would do 21 auditions and then it went down to 20 and then down to 19. And so I was like, okay, if it's 19 auditions on pay to play websites, I would do 19, try to do 19 a day was my goal. Okay. You get 19, that kind of guarantees you one, one a day. Booking. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I would so try to do. So following the data, which is a really important strategy too, right? Not not just auditioning your face off, but auditioning your face off with a strategic purpose of here's what the numbers look like. Yeah. And, and after you've done that for, you know, five years, six years, I don't know, cause there's days I've done 50 auditions, which is insane, but, or at least upward to 40 for sure. I can't remember if I ever hit that 50 mark. Maybe I did. I don't know. But also too, remembering that this is my business. So there's times when I would be like, Chris, like, why are you auditioning all in a row? Like, you can take a break. You can do like five, like a big thing that helped me. Five auditions, go watch an episode yep. of something. Five auditions, play a video game with your son. Five auditions, go take a walk or whatever. What is the you point know? in having the freedom and flexibility that comes with entrepreneurship if you're not going to take advantage, right? Why, why, why are you working a nine to five like you're still working a nine to five? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and two, if I want to, like you said, nine to five, that was a thing in my head. Like, yeah. well, these people do this around this time. If I'm most productive at night, why not work, work at, at night? night? Or if I'm most yep. productive early in the morning, why not work early in the morning? Yep. So, yep. which is me, I'm, I'm most productive early in the morning. Do you have particular struggles in your voiceover business that you need help with? Are there specific marketing questions that you would like to ask or specific strategies that you would like to work through? Are there certain scenarios that you feel like you could just get through them better if you could speak with somebody one-on-one? -on -one? I do offer private one-on-one -on -one coaching and that's exactly what the offering is. You and me sitting down to have a face-to-face -face conversation on Zoom, working through your specific challenges, questions, and struggles. If you'd like to find out more about my coaching offerings or book your session and get it on my calendar now, you can do that by going to veopreneur.com and clicking on the store button. Go to veopreneur.com and click on the store button 
and look for my coaching offerings, including one session, three session, and five session bundles at Bopreneur.com. Now back to our show. As you're going through all of this, starting to submit more auditions, starting to figure out your booking ratios, you, you, you mentioned a little bit of your trajectory for your income. Did there come a point where you did decide, I'm going to be okay, we're going to be okay as a family, like, I could do this full time. Like now I know for sure. Now I've proven it to myself or, you know, maybe you had to prove it to your family. I remember when I lost my radio job every day for like two years, three years, my family's like, when are you going to get a real job? When are you going to go get a real job? When are you going to go get a real job? Until I finally was like, I made this much money this month. And all of a sudden they're all, they all shut up because they don't make that much money. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when did you get to that point where you're like, nope, this is it. I can do it. I can make it okay. work. I'll answer that in reverse order because I like what you said. And, and that's something I really want to really drive home to other people. When, Especially when you're first starting. When you're first starting, your family, those people closest to you, your family, your friends, they're going to say exactly what you said. When are you yep. going to get a real job? When are you going to get a real job? They'll say this kind of things. And it's because there's two main reasons. One, they care about you yep. and they really are concerned. Yep. They're not doing it because they hate you. They don't love you. They are, they are truly concerned for your well-being. And two, they were not given the dream that you have. Yep. They were not given the ambition yep. that you have for this thing. Yes. So what people like you and people like, if I can humbly say like myself, have done is our dream job that we had in our mind we have brought it yep. kicking and screaming into reality. Yes. And that dream job is now our real job. Yep. Whereas everyone else has what they would call a real job. And that real job is actually someone else's dream job yep. they're hiring you to do. Yep. So 100%. that's something to think about. That's the employer um, versus employee mindset, right? And and so from, from a very young age, we're trained to be employees. And so when you, you know, like when I set to go out and do what I did, my family couldn't understand it because none of them had ever run a business. None of them had ever not worked a nine to five. None of them had ever done those. So they just saw me sitting at home all day. And it's like, they think I'm sitting on a couch, you know, eating chips and drinking Dr. Pepper and watching Netflix all day or something like that. I'm like, no, I'm actually working. Believe it or not. I'm actually working. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And I think what really was my finally kind of like, all right, God, I'm good. All right, I'm I'm good now. Was I landed two contracts, one with the the Arizona Cardinals NFL team and then one with a company called GoTo Technologies. And these were annual contracts where those well, I'll just say they were annual contracts and those alone like got my wife to be like we're okay. Yeah. We're going to be okay. So that that was really big for her. Um to make her feel like, cause that was, you know, my biggest thing. And I think wives, sometimes they are looking to us as husbands and like, Hey honey, like <laughs> I'm looking at you to provide, yep. you know, like, yep. Hey, I mean, I can do X, Y, and Z, but yep. you know, and so when she had that stability, it was kind of like, <sighs> okay, he's got this. You know? So the Arizona Cardinals and the go-to technologies, one of the questions I was wondering about was what was the first big job that you got? Is that, would you get, classify those as the first big job or were those the one that just the jobs where you're like, okay, now I know we're, we're okay. Those are definitely the, the biggest jobs I would say I've had because they're residual. So if you added those up, they would most definitely be the biggest jobs. But I would say that the biggest first job I ever had was Audi. And that was like a, that was the mind blown moment because it was a 15,000 euro, which at the time was 17,000 USD, you know, um, 
And so I was, and this is a guy. Half your annual yeah. salary when you're working at the bank, basically, right? right? On one job. And I, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, how? How? And I know the guy got annoyed because I was calling him over and over again, like, is the check coming? Is the check coming? <laughs> you know? So, I mean, this is, this is like mafia money for people like us yep. because we just, how in the world am I getting one check yep. for $17,000? It doesn't make any sense to me. All that to say that that was my biggest job at the time. Uh, but now, yes, go to technologies and NFL. So Arizona cars talk great. about the Cardinals then. Let, t- tell us a little bit about that. How did that one come about? Is that one that you you, you mentioned casting sites? Are you represented at this point? Any agents? Or? Yeah. Uh, yeah, represented. Um, but this one actually came through. It actually came through a pay to play. And when it did, uh, at the time I had, and I don't know if I still have them in here. I usually show them. This is a different version. But I have like, you know, like little marketing gifts and things okay. like that. I know, you know, yep. you clearly know all about that. Uh, and I uh, I sent a flashlight and basically I didn't have a lot of money. So it was a pin and it was a flashlight. So what I, that came together. Yep. So I would send one, like the, the pin first okay. as a thank you for the job. Yep. Then in the next couple of months, I would send a flashlight as just another, yep. you know, touch hey, point. what's up? Yep. I'm here. Yep. And he sent me an email, which I still have in here somewhere. And he basically said, Chris, it must have been Providence. I got your flashlight at the beginning of a very long day where the lights didn't work in the studio I was working in. And he said, this must be Providence. And he said, um, I'd like to talk to you next year about a possible deal. I mean, you know, you know the words divine intervention come, right. come to you mind could, just, just a little bit yeah, there, you right? Could, you, they can call whatever they want to call yep. it. But for me, obviously, I knew that I was very, very blessed because I just sent this flashlight that costs next to nothing. And it actually, he actually utilized it to help him get through a shoot that had yep. nothing to do with me. Yep. And from there, that spawned, you know, I don't know, I think it's going on the third or fourth year of being with them and having a contract with them. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah. Now, I know you've also done some stuff for the NBA, correct? Yeah, uh, NBA 2K, yeah. The the video game. So talk about, where'd that one come from? Is that another pay-to-play one? That was an agent. That was an agent one? Yeah, that was an agent. Uh, So that was an agent, and that was really cool. Um, I did the audition, and then they're like, all right, you know, this is going to be for NBA 2K. And I was like, is there like another NBA 2K? Like, is there like a less popular NBA 2K? Did I book like some, it was the, the minor NBA league. 2K. Yeah. Yeah. Is there like a minor, like a little league or whatever you call it, yeah. the NBA 2K? And no, it was the NBA 2K. So that was really cool. And they've used me every year, uh, except for I think 2020, uh, they used me every year for the past about five years. So that was pretty cool. That's, I mean, you've had some incredible opportunities and I, I, I don't want. I don't think there is a traditional path in voiceover. I mean, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people start out on casting sites and try to work their way way up th- from there. But we all come from different places, different experiences, different backgrounds. But you know, you're not an LA based voice actor or a New York based voice actor. But you've been able to land some of these incredible opportunities, which I think is is really inspiring. And again, that's why I wanted you here to tell your story. In the video, the Food Stamps to Six Figures video, you you touched on a little bit the comparison trap and that it's something that we have to watch out for because it's really easy, particularly with social media, to to fall into that comparison trap. Uh, What are some tips that you've got that have helped you maybe in your journey and and that you think that you could give to others to help them to 
to recognize everybody's got a story. We're all coming from a different place. Run your race, basically. Oh, man, that's that's loaded because I've got a lot to say on that topic (laughs) because so many people are like, well, this is the community and this is what they accept and this is what they like. And so because I look to my left and I look to my right, they're doing this. I should be doing this. And I'm like, not necessarily. It doesn't mean that you don't want to to take from uh, what people are doing and stand on people's shoulders mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and things like that and accept, you know, if you've got Mark Scott giving you advice, if you've got Chris McCann giving you advice, if you've got J. Michael Collins giving you advice, it's not that those that advice isn't applicable to you or isn't good, but in your particular situation, you may need something different for the moment. You may need some or need to go a different path than is usual. If if you've got a speech impediment, you may not be able to take the same path we have. You may be able to get to the same or beyond where we are, but you may have to take a different path than what we took you know, to, in order to do that. So it's not that the advice from other people is good or bad, but it's just, is this applicable to me? And at the end of the day, I've got to pay my bills. So this, you know, and, and two, I've got to live with myself. Now there are jobs that people will offer me that I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't Can't do do that. Um, you know, and I'm sure you've had the same experience. I've turned down a number. Yep. Right. I, I can't do that. Um, and so this goes against my beliefs, my values. I can't do that. And so the same thing, you know, they're, you know, well, if I, if I don't do this and this person's going to be mad, my agent may be mad at me. And, and I've been blessed to have some pretty decent agents that are understandable, you know, and I had to call and say, Hey, I can't, I can't do this. Well, the client's willing to offer you more. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Yep. It goes against my values. Hey, no, don't worry about it. You know, I understand. So, um, I think those two big things really, the idea that this is your business, this is your company, yeah. run it as as you see fit, you know, and run it what's best for you. You've come so far, obviously. I mean, the dream for a lot of voice actors is to build a, a six-figure income. And the statistics show that a very small percentage actually ever end up there. I'm curious about some of the best investments that you've made on your journey that have helped you to get there. So that could be working with a particular coach or producing a particular demo or a book you've read, a class you've taken, something. What are some of the things that have really been impactful that have helped you to figure out how to continue to level up? Oh, that's a good one, man. I would probably say like if I went back and stripped some things away that might have reduced how long it took me to get here or, or or prolonged how long it would take me to get here. I'd say a lot of the motivational stuff that I heard, believe it or not, mm-hmm. was really stuck with me. Yep. Um, I listened to Eric Thomas. I listened to Les Brown. Uh, I used to, I still, I mean, I still do. I still do, but I did hardcore when I was cutting the grass, when I was in the shower, yep. just all the time surrounding yourself with this kind of positivity yeah. and this, you know, kind of uplifting because, you know, if you imagine if, you know, if, if you and I are just talking negative to each other all the time and you can't do it, I can't do yep. it, Chris, you can't do it, Mark, you can't do it, you know, then it's like, well, maybe we can't, maybe I'm not good enough. You, you'll turn it but into a const- self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so then, but the other way around, same thing. If you can do it, you can do it. Hey, man, you've got this, you've got it. And, and being genuine with it too, though, you know, when you have that accountability buddy or whatever, you know, then also being honest, Hey, Chris, I think you probably should, you know, take a look at redoing it this way. Or what do you think about trying it this way instead of the way you've been doing it? Okay, man, yeah, I'll take a look at that, you know, or whatever. Um, but I would probably say the motivational, 
Well, for me first, obviously for me personally, me getting up and changing it being about me first to me, it being about God first. That was my big thing. And I'm not saying God equals money, right? but what I am saying is seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all else will be added unto you. That's for me. Yep. And then after that, I would say motivational speeches. And then honestly, I will say, uh, J. Michael Collins, uh, to mention him again, he was my first guy that gave me the, um, uh, my feedback on how I acted. Okay. And when I did this thing and he was like, Chris, you're like Tom Brady, you are just a natural. He was like, you get it. Now you've got to refine this, 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 and this. Right. But he was like, dude, you just, you just get this. Yep. Like, and I was like, I thought he was, I thought this was like a, you know, what do you call it? A shuckster, a huckster. I, I was like, shyster. I was yep. like, this guy's like just trying to, you know, get money out of yep. me or whatever. And so I reached out to uh, this platform that he was going through at the time. And I was like, Hey, do you know J. Michael Collins? Like, yeah. And I was like, well, he said some things to me and I just kind of want to know, like, you know, how does he normally treat people? And they're like, are you okay? Was he rude to you? Like, you know, and, and I was like, no, he was like very, very nice. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, cause they, they thought that he'd been like mean <laughs> and it was the exact opposite. Right. And so I realized like, no, he's, he's he legit. was being serious. Yep. Like he actually meant what he was saying. Yep. And that, just, I guess, to distill that down to, for people to hear just the power of your words. If you're somebody like Mark Scott and you've got these, this, this platform that you can use, you saying you've done a great job, man, you sound great, can send someone so far. Yeah. I've held on to that, what he told me. Now him and I could, you know, in the future we could part ways or whatever, I don't know, but, yeah. but no matter what, I will always hold on to such a positive an honest feedback that he gave me. Yeah. So I think that too, having those, those three or four main things. Very big. I read a lot of biographies of successful people and it's not always the case, but more often than not, it seems that successful people in history, be it politics, business, entrepreneurship, whatever, they've had to overcome struggle. And mm -hmm. it seems like you've got a choice. Either whatever your struggle is becomes a story that defines you and it holds you back, or it becomes the spark that drives you to success. You have very clearly used your story as a spark to drive you to success. So what would you say to the voice actor who is in the thick of a personal struggle right now, whatever it may be, everybody's got a different story, but what would you say to that person to help them to get on the other side of that? and not let it become the thing that defines them or holds them back, but that propels them forward. You probably already know what I'm about to say, but for me, I would say, obviously what I said before, which is seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all else will be added unto you. And thereafter, consistency, consistency, yeah. consistency. If you, if you stop, if you stop, if you stop, it's that, that image of the guy that's trying to get gold and he's hammering through the dirt. Yes. You, we, any of us have seen yes, it. Yes, I know exactly point. the, I know exactly the one you're talking about. Yeah. And right before he gets there, he turns around, he's got his pickaxe on his back yep. and he's heading back, but right on the other thin membrane of that dirt, is the gold mine he was looking for. Yeah. And there's so many people, I know you, I can already tell you, I don't even know you like that, but I know you've experienced yep. this, where you've talked to somebody, taught, you probably poured into them, and then six months later, hey man, how's it going? Oh, I'm back working at Target, I'm back working at Walmart, or I'm back doing this, I'm not really. And you're like, dude, like if you've got you the were, chops, you you've close. got, the, right, yeah. dude, just keep going. Yep. So um, 
I would say those two things that a focusing on self is actually not the best way to do it. Focusing on something other than you. Yeah. And then those things, it's crazy because giving the gift to that guy ended up getting, netting me something, you know, the same thing with me. You know, I remember reaching out to a client and I asked her, I said, you know what? Hey, I hadn't talked in a while. Do you need anything? If you need anything, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it for free. Just I hadn't talked in about four or five months if you need anything. Actually, Chris, I do need something. I have a couple of uh, lines that we thought maybe needed some more energy in the last project. Do you mind doing these for me? Yeah, man, I don't mind. How much is it, Chris? Don't worry about it. I got you. Two weeks later, I still have the emails. I showed it in the class at One Voice Conference. Two weeks later, she reaches out. Hey, Chris, I got a job for you, 500 bucks, right? Me doing those two lines netted another job and then another job after that. I don't think she gave me any more after that, but, but, you know, so. But that's um, those, it's those little acts of customer service that, I mean, I talk to voice actors about this all the time. Like you got two choices. You can either nickel and dime your clients for every penny you can possibly get from them, or mm-hmm. you show them a little love every once in a while. You, you, you do them a solid every once in a while on those small little things. And that's what builds Amen. the loyalty that turns a one-off client into a client that's still coming back 10 years later. Right. Exactly. I mean, that is huge. And dude, you know what? I reached out to somebody, a couple of people might know this, Bowell Studios. And I told him, I said, you know what, man? A lot of times I start off an email with trying to get something. I'm just being honest with you. But you guys have worked with me for the past seven years, I think, full seven years. And y'all have always reached out to me, asked me to do stuff. Let me ask you a question. Can I do you a free voiceover? I don't care what the price is. I want to do a free voiceover for you. You tell me and I got you. We've worked together for seven years. I got you. And they reached out and they said, actually, there is a a zoo that needs a couple of animal voices. Dude, can you do a couple of animal voices? I got you. And the guy called me back and he said, "Uh, Chris, I don't think I've ever had anyone call and ask me that. Anyone call and ask to do a job for us for free. So again, I don't care what somebody else says. I would have charged this. That's fine. And you do that in your business. But in my business, I want to tell him thank you. I want to tell them thank you. So, and not try to expect, you know, expect anything out of it, you know? And lastly, two gifts we give like these, which I've learned, you know, at first I gave these to get something and I feel bad. I did give these to give something, but now I realize when I give someone a gift, it is for what they have already done. Yeah. I'm not looking for anything else. This is not just, quid pro quo. Just say thank you, you take this. Yes. Say to thank say you. thank you. Yep. Here's a pen. You know, if, if we do, you know, you, you hire me on a job or something here, go Mark. Here's a pen for what you did for me. Thank you. You don't have to do anything else. If you never do anything else for me again, I just want you to have it. Cause I want to tell you, thank you. Yep. As opposed to, I remember sending bottles of wine to people as a like, Hey, you know, I got you a bottle of wine. Right. Yep. You know? Yep. And, uh, when I didn't hear from them, I was upset, but you know, I, not, the, I shouldn't not the spirit that it's supposed to be done in. Right. But exactly. But that's so. I mean, again, it's mindset, right? It's, it's mindset and shifting perspectives. And it sounds like when you've, when you've been able to do that, that's been the difference maker. That's been a, a big difference maker. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that, that's been huge for me is here, man, let's just give for the sake of giving. Let's give as a thank you, as opposed to giving in order to get. Now it doesn't mean I'm not going to have marketing material, marketing materials, but even behind that, let me give it to you. And if you never reach out to me, dude, that's for you. It's okay. It's a thank you. Yeah. So I love it. Yeah. Chris this has been awesome. And I, I'm so grateful to you for sharing your story. I'm curious if, uh, you know, there's going to be somebody, I know it, there's somebody that's that's listening to this podcast right now or watching this this video right now that 
maybe just needs a little bit of encouragement. And you strike me as the kind of guy that can deliver that. So if somebody wants to get in touch with you, uh, you know, maybe they want to share their story a little bit. Uh, is is that cool? And how can we do that? Yeah, man, I'm gonna go ahead and and I'll give my number. Uh, if that's cool with you on your, yeah, if you're comfortable here. with that, or I can just put an email or whatever in the show notes, whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah, man. Um, if, if you're really dealing with something pretty strong, then I don't mind you giving me a call, man. I, I feel like we're all put on earth to do something. And, um, and I don't believe that my job only is to do voiceover. I believe voiceover is the vessel by which I'm to do my true job. Right. So uh, 205-901-9905. And uh, if I don't respond immediately, it's not because I hate you, uh, but uh, you know, but I'll, I'll definitely respond eventually. Right on. So, Well, thank you so much for that. I, I absolutely appreciate it. Thank you for your story and, and for your openness. I, I appreciate and respect your faith. I, I relate to that so much. And, and I know I, it, there are so many parts of your story that felt like you were telling parts of my story. I just, I feel, <laughs> I feel like I was connecting the dots along the way. And I have no doubt that it's going to be an inspiration and an encouragement to a lot of other voice actors who are listening. So thank you for, uh, thank you for sharing. And I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on brother. If you are not feeling inspired after this episode, I feel like maybe you need to check your pulse. I know for me, I was feeling inspired listening to Chris and listening to him share his story. And it's a good reminder that you can do this too, that you can come from any background, from any situation, from any scenario, and with the right mindset and the right work ethic and the right skill set, you can build a successful voiceover business. Did you enjoy this episode? Would you do me a favor? Would you post it online that you're listening? Share it in your Instagram stories and tag me at Mark Scott. And I would really appreciate it if you would take the time to leave a five-star review wherever you are listening to this podcast, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or Google. I hope that you are feeling inspired and encouraged knowing that you too can build an incredibly successful voiceover business. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one. The Everyday VOPreneur Podcast. Available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly we think. You have a great website, right? Well, make sure you host it at some place that doesn't suck. Hey, it's Brad Newman, fellow VO Pro for 28 years and owner of UpperLevelHosting.com. People ask why us, and that's simple. We make it easy, respect your time, save you money, and just make all the magic happen. You don't need to know all the tech stuff when it comes to hosting your website. We got you. Ask around tens of thousands of client interactions later and six years of amazing customer service and not a single negative complaint ever. UpperLevelHosting.com And sing. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. Want more VOPreneur goodness? Jump online at VOPreneur.com.